Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? Well, we don't know. When a seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial, opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's New Report, Old Report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Another exciting week in athletics. The NBA playoffs is close to reaching the two teams that will remain standing to play in the NBA finals. The NHL playoffs are alive and well and far more exciting than the NBA playoffs have been. No question of that. And the New York baseball teams starting to look a little human when it comes to Major League Baseball after they were on top of the sport and college football released many of its schedulings for the first opening weeks of the season. So folks, no doubtedly, undoubtedly printed those out, have them pasted on the refrigerator, taped to the wall, looking at it and counting down. How many days are we at? 98. Let's cook till college football comes back as well. But we start with the NBA playoffs and some ho-hum blowout. Why are we watching these games across the entire conference finals, it seems? No rhyme or reason to why these teams are winning games slash losing games in blowout fashion. Games are over by the half. Then the other team makes a run. Maybe they're going to come back toward the end, but there's no chance. And then it usually flips the script later in the fourth quarter to make it a blowout yet again. It's been ugly. It's been sad. It's been in favor of the Golden State Warriors against the Dallas Mavericks on the western side. As we record this, they have a huge lead against the Mavs. Looks like they'll finish that series off in five. Celtics just punched the heat in the mouth in game five, 93 to 80. Looks like they're going to be okay to win that series as well. And we'd be looking at a Celtics-Warriors NBA Finals. But for these games, it's just been disappointing, really, to be watching blowouts happen. And you don't know what team it's going to be. For some of these instances, every night you basically just flip a coin. Whoever lands on heads is going to be the team that wins by 25. It's been ugly basketball to watch teams just going completely cold to score. And you're like, this is the series before the finals. This isn't just random game in January. Oh, interesting. But it's looking like Warriors Celtics collision course. And maybe they could play a little bit better basketball in the final seven potential games that will decide the NBA finals. Well, John, it's great to be with you and our fan as always. And, you know, the old man's in the room. I mean, the stuff we're watching, it, it's ugly. You know, it, it's not a question of, you know, throwback to the 90s when it was defense first and it was hard to score and it was very physical. What we're watching is just bad basketball, terrible shooting, too much reliance on the three, uh, you know, guys passing up two-on-ones and three-on-twos and layups to kick it out for a three to guy, you know, a guy who can't shoot a three. The three is no disrespect to Steph Curry, who's an all-time player and become a better player than I ever dreamed he'd ima- I, I, I could imagine. But tonight at halftime, this huge lead against the Mavs in game five, a closeout, Steph Curry had five points. And you would have thought, boy, oh boy, the Mavs must be in great shape. But I watched the entire first half. Steph Curry had five points on one-for-four shooting and he played unbelievable. He was everywhere. 
running the offense, nonstop movement, penetrating, getting guys' shots everywhere. Not just setting them up for threes. The extra pass to set them up for layups, dunks. The kind of player I never thought he would be. He has truly become not just an all-time great three-point shooter, but a terrific playmaker. A much better defender, uh, active with his hands, deflections, sticks his nose in for his nose in for rebounds. He has really become a player at both ends of the court who doesn't have to score to be impactful. And I watch these other teams, and I don't see the same kind of movement. I see way too much of a reliance on the three. Dallas relies heavily on the three. They make them, they win, they don't, they lose. Uh, the same thing with, the, uh, I mean, credit to the Heat. They play hard. Heat culture. You know, Coach Riley had the, the, he has them always in shape. You got to be in shape to play for the Heat. You got to be physical. You got to work hard on defense. But the Godfather just doesn't have enough offense down there. And it's the same old story with Jimmy Butler. But Jimmy Butler has a good game or a great game in a series, and he gets anointed a superstar. And then he's out of gas. You know, he's hurt with the knee. He's worn down. You, to be a superstar, again, we talk about this time, the, the instant superstardom of a player who has a great game. Everybody is the next great thing. Jimmy Butler's a really good player. He's not a great player. He has great games. He had a great one against the Lakers in the finals a couple of years ago when he led them to a huge win, and then he was absolutely gassed the next game. Being great, you don't have to have a great game all the time, but you got to be out there and you got to be competing. And if you're not playing great, at least you're having a positive effect. Even if you're not putting up 40, whether it's you know assists, rebounds, steals, defending, and Jimmy Butler was gassed and has not been impactful in these games. And I can't label a guy like that a superstar. And you know, by all accounts, they go back to Boston, this the Heat looked done. Kyle Lowry is shot. The backcourt can't make a shot. He's playing hurt. Bam Adebayo has one really good game in this series, and they win it. And otherwise, you know, he's getting outplayed by Al Horford. Al Horford is 136 years old. And Al Horford is a nice player, and it was a stroke of genius to bring him back. He's a perfect fit for them. But for the Heat, the best team in the conference this year to win this series, Bam Adebayo has got to outplay Al Horford in this series, and he simply hasn't, you know, with the exception of one game. And that's the problem with the Heat. They just don't have enough impactful offense. They can defend, but they just can't score enough. And yes, Tyler Hero is not there. Okay? He, he's the sixth man of the year. But Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero has not been good in this postseason. He wasn't good in the last round, and he wasn't very good in this series at all either. So he losing him, yes, you lose another factor, but he wasn't making shots. You basically came in shots. When Tyler Hero is the guy that you're longing for to come off your bench as somebody that can impact the game or that somebody you think could win you the game. That's a great scenario. If you're the Miami. And, and by, the, by, by, by the way, if you look up heartbreak and downtrodden in the dictionary, is there a picture of Tyler hero courtside in the shades and shorts? Not exactly looking too disappointed that he couldn't play last night. Him and Duncan Robinson sharing quite a hearty laugh. I'm sure after the camera went off of them and how much money they're stealing. From the National the culture, Basketball Association. The culture carriers. Just stealing money from the league. Duncan Robinson getting paid. He spent half this postseason, half, three quarters of this postseason just sitting. We could have got paid to do that. We're just sitting watching these games, suffering through them. We should be getting paid for these. Suffering is a good word. I sit down to watch these games, and I'm hoping, you know, it's a game five. It's a you know, 
a series changer. Who's going to take control? It's in Miami. So, all right, can this finally be my chance for a a hotly competitive game throughout down the stretch? I don't even care who wins. You know, just give me something that's going to go down the last two minutes. Like we saw last year, like we saw some of in Milwaukee and Boston before it got out of hand. Although some of that was very ugly without Middleton. But again, just, I mean, tough to watch. Non-competitive inability to put the ball in the basket from everywhere. Inability to get to the basket and finish. Can't make a five-footer. Can't make a 15-footer. You know, turning down wide open mid-range jump shots to kick it out for the three. Uh, shoot the ball. Shoot the ball went open. It's, fr- it's frustrating to watch. I-, I hate to call it the bastardization of the game, but it, it you know, it's it's become too much. The three has just become far too dominant a factor in the NBA, and it causes games to be, you know, if the other team makes them early, you're in trouble, and then the other team tries to catch up by shooting nothing but threes. And it just, it becomes the snowball going downhill. They make them, you don't, game over. And listen, we know that the Celtics have a great defense this season, one of the best in the NBA, but the defense that they're playing isn't warranting this offensive output from the Miami Heat. It's helping, but it's not the main reason why they've been so awful. Seven for 45 from three in game five. And the runs for this series on both sides have just been preposterous. Game one, Miami went on a 44 to 14 run. Game two, 60-21 by Boston. Game three, 46-20 by Miami. Then Boston countered with a 57-33 run in that same game, and the Celtics opened game four, 26-4. In game five, it was 59-58 at one point, and then you blinked, it was 83-60. What happens? How do you just forget how to score on your home floor, if that means anything to these teams? It mostly hasn't in this postseason. You just need somebody to be able to just go get you a layup, drive to the basket, and put two points in the basket once in a while. And that hasn't happened this series enough for either of these teams, but especially Miami. And you mentioned having Bam out of bio. We ripped him last week. All of a sudden, he comes out in game three and highlights everything, and here he is, the star. Okay. And that's been I it. I, get, I figured I gave him a wake-up call. Yeah, said, that, that's been it. You know, Aiton's Ay- Ay- done, but you know, who, who we ripped also. You know, but I think, all right, Bam hurt us. He woke up. He had a great game. He played the way we look for him to play. As I said, you can't have a great game every game, but he had the kind of game where he was active, impactful, effort at both ends, flying around. He looked like the best big man on the floor. And that, that was the last time we saw that Bam. It's got to be frustrating if you're a Heat fan because not to say that this finals was going to be for the taking, no question about it, that this Warriors team is great. But, I mean, you had a very great path to be able to at least make the NBA finals. And you don't know what happens. Somebody gets hurt. A ball bounces your way at the end with a close game on the line. You have no idea what's going to happen, but you at least have to get there to see. And there's just been now these disappointing performances. Look, I, I picked the Celtics in six for all the reasons we're seeing. Then you throw in, you know, the, I didn't think they could win without a healthy Lowry. They, they went in and won game one where they played great. And they got another game where they got a healthy game out of Lowry and a great game out of Bam. And you know, obviously they got the first game with, with a great game from Butler. And that's how they've won their two games. Because other than that, Butler 
the last four games has been hurt or not a factor. Lowry, hurt or not a factor. And bam, not a factor. So you, you throw that up against the combination of Tatum and Green, who sooner or later are going to score because they have the ball so much and take as many shots as they do. And as, as good as they are, sooner or later, they're going to get their points. You mix in a little Al Horford, right? Uh, you know, you throw in some White, who gave him a boost last night early when they weren't scoring, kind of kept him in the game early. And then, you know, you throw in a little bit here, a little bit there, whether it's Pritchard off the bench, a decent game for Marcus Smart. And they just have more weapons that can help the two big guns. And the Heat don't even have the two big guns. So, uh, you know, th- this series is you know, where I expected it to be. You know, there's certain people that play for the Heat that just are, are not contributing. Duncan Robinson, obviously right out of the box. It's a guy they signed to a big deal, and he's given them nothing in the postseason because he can't guard, and you must in the postseason. And obviously he plays such a huge emphasis on defense, and he can't guard a statue. And with Hero out and struggling when he wasn't out, because in this series he wasn't very good before he went down with uh, the injury, there's just not enough points. They cannot produce enough points to match the Celtics unless the Celtics have one of those miserable, turnover-laden games where they look like this is a title team. You're like, huh? Who are these guys? But then when they play better and the ball starts moving, and again, they start hitting their threes and they shoot a ton of them, there's no way he can beat them. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report, here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. In the West, that has been our longstanding complaint on this show about the Golden State Warriors, where they just putz around, take winning for granted, don't put their foot on the neck of their opponent. You can't do that because it's only going to come back to bite you in the ass. And here we go. Three game lead game four, chance to close out and <laughs> didn't show up at all thinking, Hey, we'll just go win this puppy at home. We're good here. And it was just miserable. Once again, to watch all of a sudden, Steve Kerr pulls everybody. He's got the second string in there. And before you know it, it's an eight point game toward the end. Are you going to put the starters back in, try to maybe win this? And of course, as soon as they do, it completely spins around. The Mavericks scored four quick points. It's back to, tw- okay, I guess we don't have to put the starters in. We had a good run there. We were down 10, maybe, make a couple threes, but it was a lot uglier than the final score would show. But another game where they're trying to get Luka rest because they're doing this play a game, day off, play a game, traveling back and forth nonsense, not giving two days rest if people want to argue that point, understandably so. They're trying to have him sit for a second half and relax. He has to come back in the game, make sure they don't blow it like a high school kid having to come back as the star to make sure the second stringers didn't blow their 30-point lead. And who knows what that contributed to, but fast forward one game later to game five, and he's just been dismal. Luca has. Three for he 15, 0 for 5 in the third quarter. They're down 20. How are they going to make a comeback if he, if and he looks can't ex- score and 10 looks points? Ex- looks exhausted. Yep, he's not running, not running back on defense. He's not getting calls on offense. He's, he's dipping his head. He's pouting. And before you know it, the Warriors are down the floor scoring a layup or hitting a three, and he's still jogging past half court. He's not even bothering running back past half court. It's one of those games. You just kind of look up at the scoreboard and say, well, we gave it a ride. That's it. And that's and a Golden State is Golden State's doing all the things when they 
are hitting all eight cylinders that you make them the team you love to watch play because it's not just threes. It's the ball constantly moving, dribble penetration, extra pass, rotation, going to the basket, cutting, movement. Uh, it's, it's beautiful to watch because it, it's not a three fest. Yes, obviously, they can shoot the three. Uh, we know they can with the Splash Brothers. But to see them go to the basket and make the extra pass and not be afraid to shoot a 15-footer or get into the lane and go up with power and draw contact, get out and run and uh, finish with layups instead of threes, uh, it's a beautiful thing to watch, even though at times it's still too many threes for me. But at least they have a nice mix where you see all aspects of the game. You know, Steph has become, as he's gotten older, a better penetrator than he was when he was younger. He drives and dishes and drives to finish much more now than he used to years gone by, even in the championship years. He goes to the basket, finishes with both hands, you know, dishes for layups, dishes for dunks, dishes for 15-footers, and, of course, dishes for threes. You didn't see that nearly as much you know, six, seven years ago as you see it now. And it's one of the things he's really added to his game that makes him an all-time player now. He is an all-time great. For the Mavs, is it just a matter of hoping that a star or close to it decides to come play for the Mark Cuban owned team next to Luca and Jason Kidd? Is it one piece away type of deal? Or is it something that they just kind of have to, I don't want to say rebuild, but start moving pieces around and start trying to figure out uh, what's going to be the best way for them to win? Well, remember, they just moved out the big guy and they made the trade, you know, that, that really has kind of helped them because it freed up Luca and Dinwiddie's been very good for them. Uh, and Bertrand's has been very good for them too off the bench. First order of business is what are they going to do about, you know, his, his backcourt mate? Are they going to resign him? He is an unrestricted free agent. Everybody loves the way Jalen Brunson plays, uh, especially me. He fits everywhere. He's not a very good game tonight, but he fits in everybody's offense and defense. He's a wonderful player. He's young. He's gritty. He's no nonsense. And he can play on the ball and off the ball. He can play with anybody. He can run your offense or he can play off the ball. Has wonderful footwork. I've, you know, I've, I've described him as you know, a, a fancier modern-day Derek Fisher. Not that Derek Fisher played in the old days, but you get my drift. Obviously, a lot of the comparison comes from the fact he's left-handed. But point guard, uh, excellent shooter, penetrates more than Fisher did, and great footwork down in the post uh, for a guard. Tremendous when he gets down there with the ball fakes, the pump fakes, uh, never walks, and somehow someone managed to get a shot off in the paint and draw contact. So he's an unrestricted free agent. Are they going to bring him back? Is he going to go somewhere else, sign and trade? He's a huge factor for them. They have no cap space. So I don't know how they're going to bring another star in if they keep him without that star you know, taking – you know, far less money to play with Luca. Otherwise, it's try and find, you know, the diamond in the roughs make a great trade where they bring in somebody who is not a superstar but has a huge impact. Now, remember, they are also, you know, without one of their better three-point shooters uh, and offensive players, you know, the kid from Michigan who has been out since January. Right? Uh, so not that they've missed a beat. They've actually been better without him. But I, I don't know what kind of additions they can make because when you take into account the situation with Brunson, they're cap strapped. The NBA is hard. <laughs> the, 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 the NBA 
because of what you pay the stars, because the amount of money they make is, is literally ungodly. We're talking about, you know, potentially you know, max contract for James Hard, max contract. What did, what did the Nets do, uh, you know, with Irving? Uh, where he's making $35 million a year, are they going to give him a max? Uh, what's he going to do with his option? You know, Russ making $47 million a year, is he going to opt out? Do I guess not. But these massive contracts, you get cap strapped and it's almost impossible to bring anybody else in. That's why what Golden State has done, now that they've recovered from the injuries from uh, Curry and Clay Thompson, is remarkable because they've done it through the draft. They drafted Steph. They drafted Draymond. They drafted Clay Thompson. So, and, and built the, you know, obviously they went out and signed Durant and added that piece. And they had the cap space to do it because they had developed all these guys. But they continue to build through the draft. They acquire Wiggins, which was a great trade, which you know, was first pick in the draft. You know, he's an underachiever. He's the perfect fit for them. They're incredibly well run. They have a great coach. And they have guys who can hit. They have guys who understand what it's about. They have championship heart. They play to win championships. They don't play to win scoring titles. They don't play you know, to make first team all NBA. They play to win games and win titles. And they play unselfishly beautiful basketball. And they're incredibly well run. The front office does a great job. It's a gold mine out there. They're literally printing money. So they can afford to go over the cap and pay the luxury tax. They have to pay to keep their players, you know, which are allowed to do with, with bird rights. But in terms of bringing players in on the other side of the coin, you know, Dallas is strapped because they're short that additional star, so to speak, and they're cap strapped. They really haven't developed the second great guy. I mean, Luca, obviously, superstar, uh, not the best player in the game, but maybe budding superstar, your future MVP candidate, not there yet, but puts up the gaudy numbers, not a great defensive player, not even a good defensive player. And they got Brunson, who's a really good player, good young player, who I'm sure they desperately want to keep, but they really don't have a quality big guy. So where do they go from here? We'll see what the front office tries to pull off. But yes, they need another guy. There's been moments too where runs are happening and teams are trying to switch on defense. The Warriors tried to pull a 2-3 out of their hat the other night. And before you know it, the Mavericks were just driving to the basket at will. There's been moments in games where guys have just decided to put their head down, drive to the basket and score layups, whether it's Luca, Steph, Clay, whoever. And you're just like, how easy was that for them to score? They'll do it a couple possessions in a row. And you think to yourself, why aren't you doing this every time? It's going to be that easy. Just go ahead and do that. Well, the, the biggest difference now is, is when you see guys go to the rack, th- there's, no, th- there's no big man in there. There's no shot blocker. There's nobody to reject. And if there, if there is a big guy in there, he's flopping. Again, the old man in the room. You know, obviously, I go back to my all-time favorite, Will Chamberlain. But you know, whether it's Will Chamberlain, whether it's Akeem Olajuwon, you know, you didn't see them looking to take charges when guys came into the middle. No matter who came into the middle, you see Patrick Ewing, you know, getting knocked down. He may have gotten dunked on, but he was going up strong with arms up and, and looking, you know, to reject, looking to make sure, you know, if you come in here, you're going to have to come in here strong or pay. There's nobody there to do that. Instead, when a guy leaves his feet going to the basket, you know, the biggest guy in there is trying to draw a charge. Old school. You know, without busting a guy open, without getting a flagrant two, without taking your arm and whacking him in the head. Right? You make a play, on, make a hard play on the basketball. 
you can do that instead of flopping. But it's become like fish on a boat. Guys flopping all over the place. You you watch the Boston series, guys are going down like bowling pins. Grant Williams is waving his arms. Grant Williams. Grant Williams, of all fucking people. Nice player. Had his moment in the sun. All right, game seven against Milwaukee. Every time down court, offensive, Grant Williams waving his hands at the officials. You know, I, I mean, enough already. When is when is the commissioner going to put his foot down and start telling his officials, turn it loose? Your way or the highway. Enough with this. Call the technicals, and if they keep barking, kick them out. We'll be fine. You know, we're not going to be pissed off at the officials. I don't want to see these guys bark constantly. Mark is smart. Grant Williams, it's nonstop. Never ends. I mean, after Mark is smart, fall out the other night. He tries to draw the offense, finally pulls Tucker down. He's got the unmitigated, literally like he, he was going to suplex him. And he's got the unmitigated call to stand courtside after he's fouled out and say to the referee, I, I was just going backwards. I was just going backwards. It should have been a charge. I mean, do you think we're idiots? We can see this stuff. We get the benefit of 97 replays. We see you bear hugging the guy, pulling him down and trying to draw the foul. And then you complain to the referee. When the referee says no more, you keep barking. It's just no respect for the officials. It's nonstop and it's galling because it's an insult to my intelligence. It's like, you you think you can just pull a cheat the game like that and pull a fast one and just totally blatantly circumvent the rules and not have the officials call anything. They, they turn the, they, they're literally making a mockery of the rules and trying to make fools of the officials. And I'm tired of the officials taking it. If you want to throw a guy out, that's fine with me. I don't care how big his star is. If he's not going to shut up, you tee him up. And if he keeps barking, throw him out. Game will survive. And it'll start shutting other guys up. That's a good use of the word bark there by you. That was the, that was the birthday boy. <laughs> Bo, Bo was 11 today. Happy birthday, so, Bo. It's only so right he's, he's on all, the show. He, he's all fired up. He's making his contribution. He had his ice cream. Every, every birthday he gets ice cream. Of course. Uh, Justin, I get him a little cup, and, and at the little ice cream shop in town, uh, when and this is news to me, I said, you know, it, it's for the dog. I just need a little thing of vanilla. And she said, I'm lo and behold, they actually have it. She said, you mean, you mean a pop cup? I said, huh? She said, yeah, we have a pop cup. <laughs> it's a, a, a little cup of you know, ice cream, and in it is three is three dog treats. Yeah, nice. How can you beat that? Yeah. yeah so we- Bo literally, Bo literally inhaled his, and he's been on fire ever since. Of course. Flying around. Who knew the old report be going to an ice cream parlor saying, can I get a pup cup, please? (laughs) Your Italian ancestors can only see you now. Those were the days, my friend. Times have changed to say, I'm like, pup cup, really? Yeah, look, beautiful, perfect. I'm showing pictures of the the dog on my phone. Of course. uh, to, to To the girls who were serving me. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. Of course, no easy transition to what we wanted to hit on, what the sports world hit on because of Steve Kerr's comments as seemingly the first real public comments after uh, yet another tragedy in the United States, another school shooting. Just putting the word another in front of all these things is senseless and a shame and something that we've somewhat as a country become numb to for however stupid of a reason that is. It's somewhat where we are. Another day, another dollar. We move on to the next. 
19 students shot and killed, two teachers shot and killed, more wounded in a shooting at Uvalde, Texas earlier this week. The stories that you're hearing from the, I don't even want to say actions, the inaction of those there that should have been taking action, should have been proactive in the situation, should have tried to do more than they did. And then the reaction by politicians, by people in the know about how to fix said problems, which don't actually make sense as solutions, is just a continuous, how hard can you bash your head against the wall until you can stop feeling the stupid that comes with these absolutely tragic events instead of answers from them. Steve Kerr, a great platform that he has, first to the scene in a sense for sports, sits down at his pregame press conference and pretty much lays everything out that people have been screaming now for more than a decade. Enough is enough. We need to find answers. It was passionate. It was emotional. It was something that I think was important to hear and, and kind of started the conversation for the, the days afterward. And of course, the pundits, well, remember what he said about the NBA in China and defunding the police and other things he said? Completely, again, deflecting what the important thing to discern from his message was, as is a tactic that often is used in these situations. And the sports world answered. Just try to make it something that maybe this time will be the time that changes things in sports, in the world, in our country, that now is not enough. It's hard to believe that that'll be the case because when these things originally happened, many thought, how, how can we possibly allow this to happen again? And now it's happening daily across the country and continues to, and we just move on to the next. We can keep Will Smith getting slapping Chris Rock in the news cycle for weeks this Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial just getting shoved down our throats everywhere across social media daily. A new clip you'll find. It's like the OJ trial, but isn't actually about a murder or of anything of consequence. Just how many millions of dollars are they going to trade each other? That stuff is what we see daily, not the important stuff of how do we fix this epidemic in our country of guns, in schools, in churches, in stores, in malls, in movie theaters, the list goes on and on. What's the answer for it? Why aren't people trying to find one? Here we are again. And I thought that Steve Kerr kind of threw it into the sports world. It was all over sports talk radio. Chris Russo did a show basically around it, which I thought was great. And it's something that needs to be talked about. Maybe if different voices can chime in that have the, the clout in sports, like a LeBron James, et cetera, et cetera, maybe that'll be what does it this time. Just keep throwing stuff at the wall. Something's got to stick eventually. We're still waiting for it to happen, though. You said a lot. You said it well. But at the very beginning of that, you said the very worst word about everything that just transpired. And that word was another. Another school shooting. Another mass killing. And to stand back and watch this to continue to go on in what supposedly is what we call the greatest country in America is simply hypocritical. If we cannot protect our own children and you don't have any yet, but one day you will, and you will understand the bear like protection you will want to give that child and those children, you will want to protect them from anything and everything. You will want to keep them out of harm's way. 
And what's going on in this country is become mind numbing. And the fact that I'm not going to say our leaders, because I didn't vote for any of these bums, for them to sit on their hands time after time after time with this moronic notion that laws that increase background background checks and make it, I don't want to say harder, but make you more qualified to obtain a gun uh, for purposes of self-defense, for purposes of recreation, etc., that that is some impingement on your constitutional right. That if we pass laws to prevent people from going out and buying weapons of mass destruction, that that somehow means we're going to outlaw guns. There's nothing in the Second Amendment, open up your pocket constitution, kids, that says you have the right to go buy an assault rifle. That was not in the founding fathers' mindset, I guarantee it, when they wrote the Second Amendment, which is to allow for militias. Okay, Militias are groups of local people, townsmen, county folks. The idea of passing the Second Amendment was to allow them to arm themselves to guard against the own government coming in to dominate, the own government taking away their rights. That's what the Second Amendment was designed to do. It has now been expanded to the point where the NRA runs it, defines it, and provides so much campaign money to Republican senators that these buffoons have chosen to stand back and do absolutely nothing to try and prevent people from going out who are not qualified to own them, who have really no interest in using them for recreational purposes, i.e. this kid, to get their hands on weapons of mass destruction and go out and kill kids, grown-ups, blacks, Asians, Hispanics. But most of all, and I don't want to say you can understand it, but what Hitler did to the Jews, you've got a hatred for a certain group. You hate blacks, right? You're, you're, you're a bigot. You can't stand Asians. You don't like Italians. You, start, you describe Hispanics. We're going to isolate that group. At least you can understand the notion of that's a hate crime. You hate kids? Kids are evil? I'm going to go kill kids? Defenseless kids? And we are going to allow 18-year-olds to walk into gun stores and freely buy these weapons, these weapons of mass destruction? And then I have to watch Fox because I channel surfed to see what the reactions were. And, you know, Geraldo Rivera used to be on the left side. His time has gone on. Geraldo Rivera has gone into the right side. I've never agreed with a lot of what he said with either side that he's on. I've always thought he was a bit of a phony. But at least Geraldo Rivera, to his credit, is trying to reason as a Fox correspondent with these buffoons, Sean Hannity and you know, Mr. Law Enforcement, Don Badabingo, the ex-cop who now is a political analyst who's going to tell us all, you know, he was on you know, the president's Secret Service Force or whatever his role was. And they're trying to say with this moronic notion when Geraldo Rivera says if you're 18 years old, you can't get a beer, but you can get an assault rifle. How does that jive? You know, we have to pass this out. Oh, no, 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 no. Because if we do that, it's the mindset. It's the mindset. He'll still go on. How's he going to do that? He'll get the gun to leave. It's a simple equation, you fucking moron. If you reduce the possibility of him getting the gun, you reduce the possibility of him committing the crime. It doesn't take a fucking moron to figure that out. But these 
idiots are so hellbent on defending the NRA and this notion that if we pass any laws that make it more difficult to get assault rifles, to get assault weapons that are committing these atrocities, that we are going to be violating individuals' rights under the Second Amendment. We are not. The court has never allowed or said you can go out and own an assault rifle. Look it up. It's not in the Constitution. It's not in the case law. But yet time and time and time again, 50 Republican senators sit on their duffs because the NRA pays so much of their campaign contributions that they are afraid to do something in contravention of that interest that will protect the lives of children. They have made the determination that it is more important to get that campaign money and get reelected than protect our kids' lives. Fuck them. You want to do something about it, you go to the polls and you vote those horses' asses out of office. That's how you get your life back. That's how you protect your kids. That's how you put your foot down because they don't represent you. They right now are representing them. They're representing them and the rich bastards at the NRA who want to put as many guns out there and sell as many guns as possible that kill people and kill kids. There are two places that weapons of mass destruction and assault rifles should be allowed. Law enforcement and the military. You don't need an assault rifle to go hunting. You don't need an assault rifle to defend your home. And if you are not in law enforcement or if you are not in the military, you don't get one. Period. End of story. But these motherfuckers don't have the guts to stand up and protect our kids. Fuck Mitch McConnell and his crew of morons. Ted Cruz, I'm not going to stand back and like the constitutional rights of our individuals be impinged. By what? By what, you buffoon? Making it harder to buy an assault rifle so an 18-year-old could go out on his birthday, buy one, and go fill a school full of bullets? What kind of mindset is that? What makes you think that way? That those guns are more important than the lives of children, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What comes first in that equation? What comes first? Life. Your job is to stand up for life. You certainly can do it when it comes to abortion rights, can't you? Right to live, right to life. You'll protect that. But once you're born, fuck you. We don't give a shit about you. Take that equation and try and figure it out. Just tell me if that makes sense. We want to make sure you get born and we're going to fight like hell to make sure that happens. But once you're born, all bets are off. We don't give a shit about protecting you for that. The box score for these is more than enough. The end result, the numbers, the devastation. The specifics of each one of these shouldn't necessarily be the reason why laws are changed or decided upon, but they certainly can help or increase the conversation. And when the the decisions in these interviews were thrown out to how we can solve these problems. And we heard these crazy, impossible almost solutions of, well, every school should have at least one security guard, one entrance in, one entrance out. Too many doors at these schools. We got to limit the schools to just one door. So there's only one way in and one way out. And that's where you put the security. So obviously the gunman could never get into the school. I don't know about where you went to school, Al, but where I did, you could literally open a window and step into one of the classrooms based on how the school is These guys are so out of touch, they don't have a clue. What do you think the last time a senator went to a school, a Republican senator? Okay, when he got out of law school or went to speak at a graduation, right? they have no concept of children. They have no concept of what it's like to care for anyone other than themselves or the rich campaign contributions that make them 
able to get reelected time after time after. That's who they answer to. The American public speaks volumes. The American public has been crying out for this in a majority for years, and yet they do nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not the, mo- the, the, the smallest iota of change to make it harder to get an assault rifle, to make it more difficult to get a weapon that can blow away massive amounts of people in the blink of an eye. Like you need that gun to go out and hunt. Is the deer wearing a vest? I mean, it, 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 it just, when you sit down and try and rationalize it and try and figure out the mindset logically, and again, th- their reasoning is moronic. It simply makes no sense to listen to these idiots say, well, you know, because of the mindset, he's going to commit the crime. Well, if you don't allow him the weapon to commit the crime or make it harder to get the weapon to commit the crime, you reduce the chance that he's going to commit the crime. It's a simple case of of mathematics. But no, no, not dad bought a bingo. He's got to sit down there like this all-knowing, all-seeing law enforcement dude who's been there and knows everything about law enforcement and he knows everything about legislation and he's the political he's going to give me political commentary like he knows the Constitution and the law inside out because he was a cop, all right? And, and he was on, you know, President Bush's security force. So that makes him an expert on the law, okay, and constitutional aspects of it and case law and whether or not a crime will be committed because I was there. Who's there? Okay, Don Bingo. I mean, you watch the guy, and if it, if it walks like a duck and do- talks like a duck, chances are it's a duck. The guy's dumber than a fucking box of rocks. And then I got to listen to that idiot, right? Uh, you know, Will Kane, formerly of, uh, I think, ESPN. I think now on Fox News, who was a sports guy, but because he's an attorney, now he's a Fox News commentator. And when the president goes on there and tells us we have to put a stop to this, he's politicized it. And he, he, what a horror show that he turns it into a tragedy, into a night of partisanship. What the fuck are you talking about? Partisanship. Yeah, here's the partisanship. Get the fucking guns. That's the partisanship. I don't give a shit if you're a Republican. If you're a Republican, get the fucking guns. All right? I don't care what your, what your political persuasion is. Get the fucking guns. Get them out of these fucking nut jobs' hands. You know, he's not going to kill 50 people with a water, with a water pistol. All right? Or a bow and arrow. Can't fire it fast enough. You know, what is it? The, the, the right the right to bear arms? You're gonna get a tank next? You're allowed to have a bomb in your in your in your in your basement? What are, what exactly kind of weapons here are outlawed? What aren't you allowed access to? But it's the NRA. It's the guns. They have taken over. We have more guns than anywhere on the planet. How come this only happens here? How come the greatest country in the world is the only place where we have mass shootings? Of kids to boot. When's the last time we saw a mass shooting in Ireland, Denmark, Japan, China, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Canada, anywhere? Only here in the good old U.S. of A. We can't protect, I take it back, we refuse. Those with the power to pass laws to help protect our children and the lives of all of us are doing absolutely zero to do it because they are answerable to whom? The NRA and their nonstop political contributions to their campaigns. If you are rated an A by the NRA, that means you're getting a ton of money. And that means you're never going to vote for anything that impinges the right to get a gun. That impinges your ability to get an assault rifle. I shouldn't say right. That that impinges on your uh, ability to qualify and purchase a weapon. And 
more importantly, a weapon of mass destruction. Because for these things to be out there on the street, I mean, you tell me what kind of sense that makes. You tell me what an individual needs that type of weapon for or why he should have a constitutional right to own one. Why is it so hard to simply restrict those to the military and to law enforcement? I'm not coming to get your rifles. I'm not coming to get your handguns. I'm coming to get these guns, these particular guns that allow people to go out and commit mass absolute atrocities against all different races, all different creeds, all different colors, and worst of all, against defenseless kids. It has to stop. I have no problem if when this is over and Golden State has won another championship, I would like Steve Kerr to step down and announce his candidacy for the president of the United States. It's fine by me. Steve Kerr is bright. He's vigorous. He understands the world stage. And if you don't know, Steve Kerr knows what tragedy is like. Steve Kerr's father, when he was in college at the University of Arizona, was assassinated uh, by a terrorist at, I believe, the University of Beirut, where he was the president. He was assassinated. He was shot in the head when Steve Kerr was playing basketball in his college career at the University of Arizona. His father, who we loved dearly, who was a bright man, who was a brilliant man, was assassinated. Think about that when you're a college kid, to have that happen to you. So Steve Kerr understands tragedy. He knows what these guns do. He knows in Arizona, they've been subject to it. He knows it as well as anybody. And he gave a passionate speech. He gave a speech of from the heart, from the mind. And basically, I'm mad in hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. And that's what we need from people who have an impact. We need that kind of mindset, that kind of approach from people who are in positions to change laws, to change the way the political view is of this situation, to make change and make it now. Change cannot be slow. It cannot be one of these scenarios where it takes time. It's got to happen. It's got to happen now. Not next week, not next month, not next year. It's got to happen now. People have to stand up. They have to go to their local governments. They have to go to their legislatures. They have to go to the voting booth in November, and they have to demand change. And the only way you demand change is by removing those who refuse to allow it to happen. You remove those who stand in the way of positive change. That's what you must do. Your voice must be heard. That's what you have. You have your right to go into that booth and make change happen. And you have to do that by going. You must turn out. You must let your voice be heard. You cannot stand down because we cannot stand for this anymore. It is a national tragedy of epic proportions. The specifics shouldn't matter, just the box score. But when your solutions to fix the problems of something like this are debunked in the situation that you're talking about, if that doesn't make you look in the mirror for what your solutions are, and that you need to go back to the drawing board, I don't know what does. You want more police presence around these schools. Well, the police showed up to the school while this was happening. Kids in the classrooms that had phones were calling the police to come. Local enforcement showed up. They didn't want to go inside because they didn't want to risk getting shot. I'm pushing for Steve Kerr, bright guy, informed guy, passionate guy. Can tell me he's not qualified? Look who's running for Senate. Herschel Walker. Great football player, one of the best running backs, one of the two or three best college running backs I've ever seen. Herschel Walker is running for Senate in Georgia. 
Look who's in the Senate. Former Auburn coach Tommy Tuberville, who, if you listen to him speak, literally has trouble putting two sentences together. I mean, this guy is dumb as the day is long, and he is a U.S. senator. Al Franken, Saturday Night Live comedian, was a U.S. senator. Wrestler Jesse the Body Ventura was the governor of the state of Minnesota. Obviously, Arnold Schwarzenegger, bodybuilder, actor, was the governor of the state of California. Ronald Reagan, actor, was the governor of the state of California. And, oh, by the way, by the way, two-term president. Donald Trump, businessman, thief, womanizer, bigot, phony, liar, cheat, was president of the United States. Insurrectionist, treasonist, throw those in. Tax evader, was president of the United States. Why not Steve Kerr or somebody like him? Somebody with passion, someone with enthusiasm, someone with heart, someone with soul, someone who understands what's most important in this country. One of the most important elements of this country being great again is to protect the people who are in it and protect their future. And that has to be the people who can't protect themselves. Those most vulnerable, kids. And 50 senators don't want to lift one fucking finger to do it. It's heinous. It really is. It's deplorable. Not one. Not one would cross the aisle. Not one Republican senator would lift a finger to show some guts to protect the kids of America. Shame on them. Shame on them. What's it going to take? One of their kids? One of their grandkids? To fall victim to these shootings? Is that what it's going to take? And who knows if even that will do it? How do they look themselves in the mirror? How do you wake up in the morning, tie that tie, and look your fucking mug? Look at your fucking mug in the mirror. You have no conscience, no shame, no guts, no heart, no soul. Fuck you. Fuck them all. It's pathetic that that is what is in the quasi, if you want to call it that, most respected House of Congress. 50 men and women who couldn't give a rat's ass about the children of this country and the well-being of those in it and allow them to be assassinated, butchered on a semi-regular basis by not doing anything to pass laws to restrict the access, access to these weapons of mass destruction. We are in a time right now that is worse than any I can remember in my lifetime. And I lived through the race riots. I lived through Vietnam. I grew up in it. Obviously, we lived through 9-11. We are going through a modern day civil war. I told you this was coming. I told you when we started this program together that this was coming. I told you what Donald Trump was doing to this country, and he's accomplished it. We are in the midst of a modern day civil war. The hoops that we have to jump through as a society to just do everyday things, to be able to drive a car, to get a driver's license, what needs to happen for that, to purchase alcohol, to go to the bank and get a loan, to buy a house, to rent a car. Hell, you got to be 25 to do that. What we have to do to just live every day, to fly on an airplane, to travel, to eat, there's so many things that have to go in these decisions for them to happen. Paperwork, dot and T's, crossing I's. You need things to happen to be able to do stuff you every day. spend more time 
when you first go into your doctor's office, filling out the forms, when you have coverage, when it's the first visit to the doctor, then this kid had to do to get that gun. And for something like an AR-15 assault rifle, you could walk into an establishment and it takes less time to get a gun than it does to order a sandwich at the local bodega. And then you could just carry it around with you like a, a wallet or a phone in your pocket, any gun. It makes less than zero sense that we're where we are with this. And every time something this severe happens, there's a part of you that thinks, well, maybe this will be what does it. And so far, that's never been the case. It's hard not to think, why is this time going to be any different? It feels it in the moment. But as we mentioned about the news cycles in our world, a couple days on the calendar will go by and we'll be on to the next. And, you just, you, you, and again, you just said, earlier you said another, now it'll be next. It's until something is done, until major legislation is passed to restrict the accessibility of these weapons or ban their sale altogether. It's just a question of when is next. Al, it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. Folks, we're sorry it took this turn, but it's something that had to be talked about. It had to be talked about. John and I both feel passionate about it. So um, if you agree, we understand. If you don't, quite frankly, we don't understand. There's other shows. Uh, there's other you shows to other listen podcasts. to. There's other podcasts to listen to. There's other folks to talk to. Uh, this is one where everybody's entitled to their opinion, but if you don't agree with ours, we think you're lost. From my part of the great John Tiny London, I am El Renato AKL from White Plains. Let's everybody try and have a great sports and holiday Memorial Day weekend, everybody. We'll be back 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.